All right. Another great episode by C28. We're pretty pumped about it. We're going to be talking about who influences you. What kind of friends do you have? Who shaped you? Let's go ahead and talk about it on an all new podcast from C28. All right. This is very practical. Yeah. I, um, I, I didn't study at all. And I've said that before, but I literally mean it this time. Um, this has just been something that I think we've had little bits of this conversation recently. And so we decided like we should just record it. Yeah. Right. Like do it all at the same time. And yeah, um, I Googled, uh, Christian friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, I'm kind of Is that why you asked the question about David and Jonathan? Yeah. I was wondering like, how did those two like, uh, end up meeting up and, uh, because their friendship, um, I actually, it's an article I don't really want to discuss in this podcast, but it's interesting. Uh, some of the misconceptions about that relationship. And I just was wondering, like, I wonder how they met. And so I started reading around and I, and I all, every time I read, they were always together. Yeah. And so I was figuring out how it, how it all started, gotcha. how that friendship blossomed gotcha. into something so great. Do you remember how we met? Ooh, yeah. You better get this right or it's over. <laughs> okay. We went to a, go like, on, go on, be a man conference. Okay, Whoa. yeah. I heard you sorry. swallow, bro. I, I'm sorry. It was a big gulp of coffee. <laughs> Dude, the gate didn't quite catch no, that. No, it'll catch a siren going by, but not CJ swallowing, apparently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you were thinking about something else. I could see it in your face. Right, so I I wasn't thinking, like, initial meet, but, like, when we started hanging out. But you're right. Technically, that is the first time we met was uh, we went to the Act Like Men conference in Southern California. Yeah. Who was there? Who was the, who was the primary teacher? <laughs> was it Mark Driscoll? It was Mark Driscoll. Oh, and speaking of influences. <laughs> that was great, actually. That was good. Yeah, that was super good. Um, that, I think that's been kind of like at the forefront of my mind thinking about this the last, well, I guess ever since the rise and fall of Mars Hill came out. Sure. That, Explain what that is for those who don't so, know. So it's a really, it was a really popular um, podcast put out by Christianity Today. And basically it was a, a a, well, I guess it's journalism in podcast form. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of went through the whole story. Like, where did this mega church in Seattle named Mars Hill come from? How did it start? Who, who were its main influences? Who were the people behind the scenes? Who, who was the guy up front, which is Driscoll? Um, and, and why did it disappear so fast? Right. And so they go through this whole story and, and Mark Driscoll, it was interesting to me because, um, so when I was, gosh, and we kind of started like halfway in the episode. Now yeah, we're working backwards. I know, I know. Um, well, that's fine because we wanted this to just be a discussion like the ones we've been having, sure. right? So um, I would say that when I was like 14 or 15, um, I started listening to Mark Driscoll's sermons. They were introduced to me by my youth pastor mm-hmm. and um, I, I consumed them like, like probably to an unhealthy degree. Was I listening to one pastor's sermons who I had no relational contact with, right? Mm-hmm. And it's probably an mm-hmm. issue. Uh, literally, I, I don't think this is an exaggeration. Hundreds of sermons yeah. that I listened to. Um, multiple complete series from start to finish. I would re-listen to things. Um, and I... and Peasant princess. Peasant, peasant <laughs> princess, yeah. A vintage Jesus. Like yeah. all of these old, you know, series that he did. And his kind of leadership, his kind of um, manhood, his kind of preaching, the the things that he was selling were being championed to me by people around me. 
Mm-hmm. And so that combination of like consuming so much material from this person and also it being reinforced by other men in my life, um, I think had a huge influence on who I was. And what I'm realizing is like, I, I think there's still some residual effects of that. Even though I think I'm a lot different than I was maybe five years ago, um, there's things about me that I'll say. And like, it's almost creepy because I know that that was something Driscoll said, mm-hmm. right? Or that was something that like a youth leader said or a youth pastor said that I was close to. And so like, that's just super crazy how like these influence can linger for so long. Mm-hmm. And so are they good or bad influences? Because some people might not know what what happened with Mark Driscoll. Oh, gotcha. And so might not know, was well, this good or bad? Yeah, that's a hard question because yeah. there's things about um, him and his style of ministry and his style of preaching that there's things about it that I think I needed at that time, right? When I was 14, 15. And to be honest, I kept listening to, to Driscoll sermons, even when I didn't even consider myself a Christian. And I don't know why, but it's just the thing I would put on. I mean, maybe yeah, I'd have it or whatever, but I listened to him, um, you know, when I, I guess you could say like went through my own little form of deconstruction or something through high school. Um, I kept listening to Driscoll and I don't know why, um, but he, he's, you know, hyper um, macho, or it was at the time. Um, I, I think he was demeaning to women at times. I think that um, he he was, well, he said, like, get out of, you know, get, what was it? Get on the bus or get run over or get, something like that. Get on the bus or get ran over by the bus. Right, that was his leadership style. And then he said, by God's grace, there will be a pile of bodies behind the bus of Mars Hill. And what what kills me is that, Back then, I remember hearing him say things like that, and I didn't care, Mm -hmm. right? I thought that was great. And now I hear that, and it's like gut-wrenching to hear a pastor talking like that. Because because we actually see it. Like, people started stepping up and saying, I got ran over by that bus, and this is what it was like. I got ran over by that bus, and this was like, and there was real people that got ran over. Right. And I think that when he said that, and when we appreciated that, comment we thought that there's no stopping this bus right well the problem was is it ran over good people right we were we were (laughs) so i'm not saying this is how i think about it now right and i won't speak for you i know when i was hearing that stuff i was thinking great we're gonna run over heretics right we're gonna run over right false religions and cults yeah that's the only way it's an okay statement (laughs) right and and in you know teenage cj was all excited about that. Like, let's run those people over because they're doing damage to the mm-hmm. kingdom. They're leading people to hell. And that's kind of how I rationalized it. You want to be in charge of the gas pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and now it's like, gosh, like the people, now that I know the whole story, there were elders at that church and pastors at that church and and, and women at that church that were stepping up and saying, hey, I'm uncomfortable with some of the things that are being said here. I'm uncomfortable with some of the things that are happening here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, those are the people that got run over, mm-hmm. right? I don't know that that many <laughs> heretics or cults really got run over, uh, maybe, but not as many as the um, collateral damage. At least the casualties we see are too many of yeah. the good ones. Yeah, um, people that had good points, had good cautions, yeah. um, had good ministry philosophies, um, had good warnings. Uh, just got ran over. So uh, let's uh, let's together try to summarize. Um, so as we're talking about Mark Driscoll, uh, uh, kind of in sh- in summary, what happened? It started out as he uh, he was a young guy, also mm-hmm. um, non Christian, uh, needed Jesus, uh, 
essentially found Jesus by trying to argue with people about Jesus and then uh, became a pastor and just believed that Seattle area needed um, just some very blunt talk, um, hyper-focus on men need to be men. Right. And uh, women need to be women. Yeah. And uh, like in, in the sense of both stepping up and... Um, like he identified real problems. Yep. But overcorrected. Yeah. That's how I would put it. I yeah. Think. And so along the way, as he's calling out sin is sin and good is good, um, good things were happening. Um, and we didn't, and you and I, because I devoured um, those sermons as well. I remember several times I would just have the the podcast playing whatever's next, whatever's next, whatever's next. Yeah. And um, they were very transformative. His hard-hitting approach is what I needed. I mm -hmm. needed him to tell me, that when you and your spouse are at a stalemate, men, you make the first move. You apologize first. And, you know, for me, I'm like, that's good stuff. And, and you know, in the moment, everything seemed really good because a lot of what he said, I didn't agree, disagree with. There was mm -hmm. very, very few things he said where I'm like, oh, that was too far or I don't agree with that. Um, and what ended up happening, what, five, six years ago, seven years ago? I think that um, he resigned from Mars Hill in 2014. Okay, so in 2014, he resigned from Mars Hill. And at that time, he had started a church. Um, it had turned into several campuses, 10,000 people. 15, I think it was 15, somewhere around there. 15,000 uh, people. Yeah. Uh, and he resigned, and what ended up coming out was essentially leadership style was toxic yeah right and, and yeah. i don't really like the word toxic i don't even know why I at said least that. abusive yeah i think yeah. that it, it was just it was bad leadership where yeah. and and i think the reason we bring up the bus is because like when we see what happened we're like oh he said he was going to do that right yes and, exactly and we just thought he meant something else right because he literally um i mean what came out was that uh people would oppose something or caution against something or not be completely on board with something and these people who had families um they had a love for the ministry a love for the people were just ran over and tossed out mm -hmm. and um so anyways and then it starts coming out that there's real sin that he was living in now he did uh repent and address the congregation and he did resign and you know there's conversation around what was authentic and what was not um, I tend to believe, if we have no reason to believe that it wasn't authentic, that it was. I believe uh, he is a brother in Christ, and he uh, he was living in some sin, and he listed those sins. And um, and so now, where we're at now is with his podcast is he was a huge influence in our lives. And what we found is that some of that approach, which we thought was flawless, we can look back now and be like, "Ooh, there's some flaws in that." Yeah. And so, uh, and I think that as CJ and I have spent hundreds of hours talking over the last, <laughs> you know, four years that we realized that there's some flaws and maybe even we've began to step into some of the same, um, snares that Mark stepped into. And that's the danger of influences and in mm -hmm. who you put around yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, and, and I'm not sure if, this goes farther back than like my introduction to Driscoll or not. But um, I think that I've kind of always just drifted towards um, like men with that personality to associate myself with. Yeah. Um, like the, 
I'm, I'm also interested, um, you know, it, for in different seasons to a greater degree or lesser degree, but also like firearms and stuff. And the people on the internet that I wanted to listen to, you know, weren't the ones that, you know, were a little bit more like nerdy about the firearms and, you know, have glasses on and like taking them apart mm -hmm. and stuff. It was like the, yeah, like we're going to go shoot guns. Like, yeah. you know, like those kind of, those are the videos I'd watch. Yeah. Right. And the one who looks and, down the barrel of a shotgun to see if it's jamming and blows his, <laughs> blows his, yeah. his bill off of his cap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it was never um, the careful, thoughtful, um, level-headed men that uh, I wanted to associate myself with. And, yeah. and I'm not sure why, just there was something that I picked up somewhere where I thought that's just not what a man looks like. And we covered this kind of in the manhood mm -hmm. um, episode. Well, I think one of the but, things I struggled with, with with is that a lot of the pastors that were in my life, I, I felt like I couldn't identify with very well. Yeah. And so when Mark came along and he's like eating wings and, you know, watching football <laughs> and kind of, yeah. you know, yelling you know, yeah talking straight talk you know and like taking the bible and like applying it very like you know barbaric in my life like that's what i needed i needed uh and, and i and to be honest one of the struggles i have is trying to differentiate between okay it had a tremendous amount of fruit in my life although there was simultaneously sin involved in the production of it yeah and uh so i tend not to be a throw the baby out with a bathwater person. I tend not to be that person. So no, he's canceled in my life. Canceled. <laughs> yeah. As, as we like to say with CJ, he has been cut off. <laughs> the <laughs> hammer has dropped. The, the hatchet has <laughs> severed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I can look at it and be like a lot of good fruit came out of it, but there's um, something that comes to my mind is I was very immature and it appealed to me. Yeah. And part of it was maybe the immaturity of it, mm -hmm. which connected with me yeah and so i wonder sometimes i'm like well there's a bunch of proper pastors around me that for some reason i i had a hard time feeling like that person gets me they're speaking my language and um and it makes sense like i want i want to be like that person you know when scripture says you know like you can imitate you can imitate me right uh th like that was that person i was looking for that person i think i found that in like somebody like mark where i'm like oh like this makes sense. And, and I, like what you just said, the imitate me. I think that that was the problem for me is I did. Mm -hmm. Is I did start to imitate him mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. And I think that it became so natural to me um, to interact with people in a similar way to the way that he would speak from the pulpit um, that I didn't even realize it anymore. Like it really did become like kind of just part of my personality, mm -hmm. right? And who I was. And <laughs> like just to get real like that's part of the the stuff i'm having to like unlearn now right mm -hmm. is like some of that like the the harsh harsh um um like truth is truth if i if it's true i can say it however i want yeah 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 so i mean what's the word it's a sarcasm mm -hmm. right the the like that scathing sarcasm yeah like he used that all the time yeah and he what he the problem is that he weaponized it yeah and i think that i actually got really good at weaponizing it also and so having to unlearn some of that from that influence, right? And then this is just like an example from our lives of a great influence. Um, but I think that everyone needs to be not just passively consuming influence from the people around them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like no, you, you have to be consciously consuming influence. And maybe at the core of this podcast is what you just said, right? Maybe we have noticed that there seems to be um, that people do just take in whatever's around them. 
And in fact, yeah. uh, in an, a counseling appointment earlier today, I just spoke with uh, somebody who this person communicated essentially everything they know about who God is, who Jesus is, his character, what he's done and how, salva how salvation is possible has all just been from other people speaking to her. And part of it, she had a trusted uncle. And then, um, then whatever, wh whatever place her uncle took her, whatever church, that was the place that she would learn. And then after that, where her friends, she would go to church with her friends and, and she wasn't being careful with um, what influences I have. And so now she's trying to unpack all that and figure out who is God, because there's been so many people saying slightly different things. And in that, in a different way, you know, we, we have uh, experiences with people who just Google things and then mm. read whatever article comes up. And we ask, who's the author of that article? Is he a trusted, you know, author for right. this subject yeah it's uh, like heretic hunter 84 on myspace <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah then, you know so <laughs> great like, source and you're driving to work and they have these podcasts sound and yeah like, oh who, who you listen to joel olstein i'm like like is this your first day right like like no like joel olstein is not a pastor of jesus's people right and uh and they don't they don't know and part of it is um you know, there's probably several reasons for that, but that's an influence they put in their life. Um, Mark Driscoll is an influence we put in, 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 in our life and had a tremendous amount of fruit and also some ne negative parts of it. And there's various other people we put in our life. And so filtering mm. who we put in that place around us of influence, that sphere of influence is very important. And that's kind of what we're addressing today, men and women alike that who we put around us and who we're spending time with. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, have everybody in your office at work be your friend, whether Christian or not, or everybody in your neighborhood or everybody at your gym be somebody who you associate with on some level, but who you surround yourself with matters. Yeah. And I think we're getting really fast and loose with who we're going on vacations with, who we're bringing into um, our house to be with our families, who we're doing these, you know, play dates with every single week. There's a difference of inviting people into something like that. But if you are somebody who, ha if you look around who your closest friends are and you have almost none of them as followers of Jesus, you're in danger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And admittedly, I mean, part of us doing this podcast is seeking to influence people, right? That is true. And so recognizing that, I, I would like to point out that one of the things that we've done um, intentionally to try and safeguard against being a bad influence is I think we're pretty relentless in taking episodes back to scripture. Yeah. Right. We constantly are taking things back to scripture and, and even um, below that, we are taking things back to trusted uh, sources, mm -hmm. uh, books that we've read, um, catechisms, creeds, confessions, right. We're going back to those things. Mm -hmm. And so we try when we're, especially when we're um, teaching something instead of just having a conversation like today, uh, we are, we're really relentless about making sure we have a source for what we're teaching ultimately founded on scripture. Um, I don't know. I, so friendship, um, the pastors that we listen to, um, we were talking about this in class one time with one of my professors in the Christian world worldview class. And, uh, we asked him, you like, because he brought up some popular 
um, even reform pastors that he felt like had some pretty significant issues, not that they're heretics or anything, but just something to be aware of. And it kind of shocked all of us. And, and we started asking him like, man, like, how do we catch this stuff? Right? Because none of us had caught this, these things that he was bringing up. And one of his suggestions were that, was that you need to go at least one step back and find out who was influencing your influence. Mm. And that has been really helpful for me to kind of follow the stream of thought, right? Back a couple of steps. And so like I listen to and, and read a lot of John Piper. And so because of that, I also started reading a lot of Jonathan Edwards, mm-hmm. right? Because Jonathan Edwards is a huge influence on John Piper. And so I wanted to know who shaped him, mm-hmm. right? And take that extra step back or, or J.I. Packer. I, I love reading J.I. Packer. And so I wanted to read more John Owen, which was really hard. And I basically quit <laughs> because I'm not smart enough to read John Owen. Yeah. Uh, but it's just that attempt to find out who is influencing your influence. Mm-hmm. And so like I was talking to some youth students in one of our um, small groups last Sunday, and we kind of got on the same subject. And I said, when you're taking advice from friends, you need to know who's giving them advice, right? Like, are, are they getting all of their um, philosophy on life from TikTok? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I don't mm-hmm. know if you're getting the best advice from them, right? Yeah. And they're but they're my best friend. I'm like, but they know nothing, yeah. <laughs> right? They they have nothing. There's no substance to their advice yeah, or to their counsel. Some people will hear what you're saying and say, that's a lot of weird work to do. And our point is that whether you like it or not, that is who is influencing you. Right, exactly. Right? And so then... Like who's influencing you matters. Yeah. And so that's that's part of the care, right? You want to care about other people too, right? Along the along the way. But also, this is like I think, okay, let me take a step back. Okay. Very often we'll listen to a sermon, mm-hmm. we'll read a book, we'll be in a small group, and we can't help but see how this applies to other people. Mm. And we're like, strip that away. Like, who are the people you have surrounded yourself with? Well, I haven't really chosen anybody. Yes, you did. Because look around you. Either you've chosen nobody or the people around you are the people you have chose. That's the way it works. Right. And we're putting people around us in Proverbs. By the way, Proverbs, I don't know, said so much about friends. But it says stuff all the time. But anyways, Proverbs 13 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Mm-hmm. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Yeah. And so if you are a friend of fools, you're going to suffer harm. So who you're around matters. And there's plenty of other scripture. But then I want to get, for the sake of time, go to Proverbs um, from... S- uh, chapter 17, a bunch in verse 20, uh, in chapter 27, some in uh, chapter 16 and 18. So 16, 17, 18, and 27, uh, summarized as we talk about friends, says things like this. A true friend shows love no matter what. And then obviously de- the definition of what that love is matters, right? Uh, a true friend gives heartfelt advice, bringing joy to the heart. A true friend rebukes when necessary, but correction is done in love. That's good right there. A true friend influences, enlivens, and sharpens. A true friend avoids gossip. A true friend forgives and does not hold grudges. A f- true friend is loyal. A true friend helps in time of needs. And uh, I mean, that's what we're looking for. I mean, in, in the, the uh, Jonathan and David uh, example, they were so close. There's a point where he says like that, like my, like I care for you so much, like it supersedes like like my love for a woman mm-hmm. and uh and some people have taken that and ran with it and totally corrupted everything about it yeah but, the, but you got to look at the word love he used which is like you know brotherly like love phileo right? or something yeah right yeah like, well it's, it's, it's like <laughs> the hebrew dig, equivalent of like phileo. take eight seconds and dig yeah you know yeah but anyways it's uh it 
it's it's a love that he like it's just such a good relationship they care for each other it is it is like you know like this friendship love and just was a tight friendship and so there's a good example of that and you see a lot of these proverbs type things coming out in the relationship there's a horrible relationship where um uh golly what is the person's i think it has to do with um jonadab counseled amen no Amnon to rape a girl. And, you know, that's horrible advice. And those are people you're surrounding yourself with. And there was a, a, a moral struggle now because of that. And, and they were considered friends. So uh, who you're around influences you. And, and it's very easy when you, when you have kids, like you see it and you're like, Oh, happens all the time. That's why my parents told me, be careful who you're around. Mm-hmm. The, the same advice is scriptural. It's parental. And it, comes from the same heart of they will influence you you and uh one of the neatest ways like i see this um i love it when we have somebody who speaks in an accent and somebody who's like lived in america their entire life is around this person for a week and they start like speaking with an accent you know what i mean it's like you've like you've just proven like on a very fundamental basic level like we our brains are just in we take things in we pick things up whether you like it or not it's in another example it's like the songs you listen to. Mm. You're, you're like, oh, I don't listen to the words, right? And then all of a sudden you're like singing the words and you didn't even mean to memorize those words, right? Yeah. And uh, that's it. You're always consuming influence. Yeah. That, that was my whole point. Like, yeah. are you doing it passively or consciously? Yep. Right? Or actively, I guess. Passively yeah. or actively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make, you're choosing who's around you. Like, if there's people around you, you've chose those people. If there's not, you have chosen to have nobody around you. And if it's good influences, you, those are the people you have surrounded yourself with. And by the grace of God, sometimes there are people that are, are influences that have been put around you by the grace of God that later you will thank God for. But there is an intentionality that is obviously communicated in Scripture through who we're spending time with and who your friends are and what real friends look like. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we consider people friends who are no friends at all. Right. And, and unfortunately, typically you find that out in hindsight. Right. And so picking the people around you is a biblical concept. And yeah. the part I want to bring up is that um, when because what, what I think people do is first off, they'll say like, oh yeah, well this person has bad friends. Oh, that's a good point. This person does have bad friends. I'm like, no, no, you, okay. Think about you, who's around you. And, and I've talked with Christians before where they're doing family vacations. They're best friends with this family. And I don't mean it's bad to do family vacations with somebody, you know, who um, is, is not a believer but you look at their life and they do life with the people they they mm-hmm. the closest people around them are not believers and and then they come out and they have these confusing confusing understanding of certain topics about God because like they're not surrounded by people who are like-minded who study the word who know scripture who value the same things yeah that's the same reason why the bible says do not be unequally yoked to you know when you're looking for a spouse because you're going to be influenced. You got to make decisions with those people and then you have to compromise. Yep. And so I think that all that is tying into this warning, this caution that we're trying to communicate that we have seen as pastors um, and that we'd like to um, see better in the Christian circles. Surround yourself with people who are followers of Jesus and surround yourself with good influences when it comes to um, your pursuit of Christ. Yeah. I mean, so as a Christian, your innermost circle um, needs to be 
other faithful Christians, yep. right? And a, and a good church, I think, is going to find and help uh, cultivate those environments in practical ways. So in just one way um, that that can be done is like small groups, like what we do at Cornerstone. Um, we provide these environments where people can meet in homes or they can, uh, you know, gather in a room at the church and they can have these um, close relationships and build them over time. Um, and, and I think that that's super helpful because if you don't do that ahead of time, and then something really bad happens, tragedy happens, or you have a big decision to make, or, or or just some big event in life, you don't already have that kind of trusted Christian inner circle established. I mean, you're kind of left with, hopefully some kind Christians are gonna be willing to speak into your life, right? Um, you may not find that super easily. And then what are your other options? Like maybe some of your close-ish uh, non-Christian friends. And so planning ahead to have proper influences is a big deal, I think. Like you need to start immediately, right? Trying mm -hmm. to put this uh, circle of trusted counsel around you. Um, and then back to Proverbs, like you were talking about, Proverbs 15, 22 says, without, count, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And it says many advisors. And so we're not talking like, oh, just like you and one Christian, you know, have like church in a coffee shop and that's like your church and you're like read a oh, verse and like, Don't I'm talking about that. like be part of a real community, a real church with a real preaching and real Christians around you um, and build that, um, build that circle of many advisors. Right. That's what Proverbs says. Mm hmm. Um, and I'm not going to put a number to that, but it's more than one other person. Yeah. Right. We can safely say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, what are some other forms of influence? So we talked about preaching. Um, so one would be, I talked about right, books. I like read local churches. Yeah. Right? Local churches. Um, uh, podcasts in general. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, uh, that media, mm -hmm. okay. Um, even with, what, what and how much of what you're consuming, yeah. right? So Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, TikTok, all those things I think really do have an impact on us. And I've noticed it in my own life with certain things, like even uh, when I'm surrounded in, in so I, I do uh, some work in a different environment than pastoring. And if I'm in that environment a lot, I notice my mouth is a little bit different. Um, how I talk about people is a little bit different mm -hmm. and it doesn't take long out of that environment to get back to normal, but I'll notice when I come home and I start talking to Emily, like the way I talk about those events and, and the words I choose to talk about them are different. And I've been around, you know, for, you know, 24, 48 hours, uh, you know, this different sphere of influence, if you will. And it has changed me in that short amount of time. Now, if I was always in that influence, I'd have to be so intentional to be able to constantly be shaking off that stuff. Yeah. Where I go in and I spend, you know, like 24 hours or so in this environment. And then I come out and I don't do it again for sometimes weeks. Yeah. And uh, so whether it's volunteer work we're, we're doing or participating in, um, so the people are surrounding ourselves there, uh, our friends, uh, our podcast, um, a good local church is, is important because that is also an influence. Uh, CJ mentioned an inner circle and outer circle of friends. Absolutely. Outer circle. We're going to, uh, on the outer circle, we're going to have all sorts of, of non-Christian friends, yeah. uh, and, and from various places of life and things like that, the inner circle of friends, those are your closest friends. You, those, 
to be honest, I believe that those have to be followers of Jesus. Like the ones that uh, you're going on regular vacations with, the ones you're having over regularly for dinner, the ones that you're regularly having your kids around, Mm -hmm. uh, those people have to be followers of Jesus. And from different phases of that, maybe, like maybe like baby Christians, absolutely, you should be discipling younger people anyways, or people younger in their faith. Um, And then uh, I, I would, you know, what you're reading, the books you're reading, super important also i know reading is kind of a dying art you know even when people buy a book they get the audio version <laughs> yeah no, that's true <laughs> but anyway so i mean that's that's what we're seeing hands-on right with people the people that are being influencer are, are those types of things um did i miss anything no i think that's good um something that came up uh some advice that i got from a professor in one of my counseling classes was that uh, when people have um, something bad in their life, whether it be a habit or an influence or a you know, particular sin or whatever, um, counseling them to remove that thing from their life in a practical way is great. But that's only the first step. The, mm-hmm. the second step is they need to replace that void with something good. Yeah. Right. So they can't just remove something and then leave a vacuum because another bad thing will fill it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's true with influences. Um, at youth, we get students all the time talking about um, anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And increasingly, one of the first questions I ask them is if they'll show me their screen time Mm. on their phone. Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. We have students that have eight, nine, 10 hours of screen time. Like a month? No, a day, (laughs) a day. That's insane. I've seen 10 hours of screen time and, and the majority of it is like Instagram, TikTok. And, And there's study after study linking (laughs) <laughs> those two particular yeah. apps to depression and anxiety. And also there are studies showing, and that and we don't hide it, right? We, we praise ourselves for it, that there's obvious uh, um, that the technology is designed to grab your attention and hold it. Like the algorithms produced from Facebook and these other apps um, are, it's, it's obvious. There are people literally, their job is to figure out how long before you need a reminder that somebody made a comment because there are times where your phone, you know, won't remind you about everything or it won't update, you know, a certain speed, but they find that perfect speed, that perfect time, because if they give you all your updates at once, you look at all of them and then you're done. Mm-hmm. So they do space those out. Even with it, if it's like seconds, they space them out. So it grabs your attention again, grabs your attention again. Like, why do you think short videos are so popular right now? Right? Yeah. Because we're getting dumber, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but like there's these yeah. short videos and, and, and I'm not saying I'm immune to this. Um, I love these short videos where it's like how to smoke a brisket, boom, 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 boom. Or, you know, like, hey, uh, we're going to make a shelf, boom, 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 boom. Or we're going to do this cool design on the floor, yeah. you know, with, with uh, tile or whatever, boom, boom, boom. You know, I love that stuff. Right. Uh, making things, tearing things apart, investigating things, short snippets on financial security, you know, like, yeah, I love that stuff. The problem is when you decide if you should stay with your spouse based on a TikTok video. Exactly, sure. That's when you start getting sure. into trouble, right? Yeah. Or we can go back to what, biblical manhood is and when you start neglecting your family because you're on media so much yeah so let's say if we could turn the corner to like um you know person to person influence Mm -hmm. how do we identify practically a bad influence Ooh, that's good and i don't i don't have an answer for that raw conversation right here i'm just thinking like so besides the broad statement of like oh they're not a christian they shouldn't be an inner circle yeah what is it possible that a Christian becomes a bad influence. 
Like, how would you identify someone claiming to be a Christian, someone saying they are, they go to church? I think at the like, root, it always have to go back. I bet you there's sin at the root of it. Like, mm. so um, even if somebody's like dominates your time, mm-hmm. right? Where like, it's, it's like, oh, that's not the best influence because uh, I have this other priority of a family that this person's dominating my time. Um, it'd probably come down to like a sin of selfishness or, um, you know, some, some level of insecurity of wanting some glory from man rather than God or something, right? It probably goes back to that. I would, I would think the majority of the time, maybe not all, but I mean, I think that as I look through the Proverbs, which is scripture and it talks about practical life stuff, right? And it talks about what friends are. So do you have friends? I mean, so if a friend doesn't show you, so your question is what things make somebody not a good influence? Right. That, that might appear to be one. Gotcha. Right? So how it, would you start identifying? Wait a second. So does that person have biblical love for you? The one that will confront, exhort, and encourage, mm-hmm. rebuke, and shoulder burdens with you? Does that person uh, have love? Are they sacrificial for you? Um does that friend give heartfelt advice? If you're like, you know, that person doesn't ever give heartfelt advice, no biblical advice, anytime I'm searching for something, uh, so some answer or in a difficult situation. Um, the friend that never rebukes you, because I mean, I, I've been rebuked by friends and it doesn't happen often, um, which is probably good, I guess. But uh, if I, if none of my friends had ever confronted me or rebuked me in something, that would be a red flag. Mm. Um, if you have a friend that does not avoid gossip, that'd be something that's like, it's not a good friend. Now, what we're not saying is like, oh, you're missing one of these character traits. Boop, you're not a friend anymore. Dead to me. Right, yeah, yeah. that's CJ. Don't be like CJ. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we're talking about is uh, those- The those proximity fr- that you keep them to yourself. Yeah, right? sure. Like instead of being in my two foot circle of friends, Maybe they're like an eight to 10 foot circle. Or if you're trying to be a good friend to that person, what should you probably do? If you're seeing a lack in these areas, you should probably do the heartfelt advice. Yeah. So maybe you're not a good friend. (laughs) Are you talking to me? Maybe. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I was, uh, I was talking with a gentleman that we both really respect at Cornerstone recently. Okay. And, um, I was asking him because he pours a lot into other people. Um, I was asking him if he felt like him and his wife have um, the relationships where they're not constantly pouring out, but they also have relationships that they're being filled up Mm -hmm. right by other Christians. Um, And he said, he said, we have a couple and it seemed like that was satisfactory, right? Like it's a really good couple of friendships that they each have. But he said something that I thought was interesting And it was that as long as I can identify God has brought this person into my life for me to be an influence on them, Mm -hmm. then I can be okay with that. And some, he said, sometimes those have grown into mutually influential relationships in a good way. Yeah. Right. But for a time, he said, it seems like God like brings people into his life. um, And it, God has kind of put it on his heart. Like you need to be the Christian influence on this person or they're a young Christian um, without a guide or something. And so he's pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And then he said, sometimes eventually that comes back around. So you're saying that there are people that maybe we don't consider an influence, but we do pull them close. Right. For the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Right. For the sake of drawing them to Jesus or, or discipling them. Yeah. And so 
That is a good differentiation because I don't want people to think that we don't have anybody close to us that doesn't serve our purpose. Right. Right. Because yeah. that, that's not. Oh my gosh. That's a good example of social media influence because I see these memes all the time. Oh my and they gosh. Say, I know what you're like, going to say. They're like, don't cross an ocean for someone who won't step over a puddle for you. Yeah. I'm like, that's not the, that's not Christian. No way. That's not Christian. Yeah. And so what we're saying, well, hold on. Okay. Go ahead. Just, no, I want to make a comment on that okay. because the way we love people, by the way, so we're talking about sphere of influence, not who we love and care about. True. Right? True. Yeah. So, true. uh, if we adopted, if we adopted the phrase, don't go, don't, don't, don't cross an ocean for somebody who won't cross a puddle for you. Uh, that has, that does not work in Christian philosophy or truth oh. because Christ, exactly. <laughs> while we were still rebels, while we were still sinners, when we were rebelling against the creator and sustainer of the universe, he came because of love to show us grace to redeem. Yeah. You know what he didn't do is say, oh, this is kind of a toxic relationship. <laughs> I guess I should just cut them off because right. it's toxic. Right. No. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a time to, to end a relationship. Right. Sure. And I don't know if we have time to get into that right now, but um, I, I think there is appropriate times to end close contact with people. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're talking about is um, the people that we allow to have an influence on us yeah, we're talking need about to influence. be heavily guarded. Yep. Um, we should be, I think as far as well as we can, we need to be having a good godly Christian influence on as many people as possible. Yeah. And the people in that, so we, we bring up like, what, what are the things in a person that, that we can identify that's not a good inner circle influence friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I think that we need to remember also is that we're not expecting people to be perfect on that, in that circle. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would come to, um, somebody wholly devoted to following Jesus would be m probably the criteria because if that is true of them, then there will be times where you can see like they're not avoiding gossip. And so then you can have that conversation with them. And then when they see that uh, you are not giving heartfelt advice or rebuking when necessary, uh, that then they can change and be a mutually beneficial relationship in the sense of what scripture talks about as iron sharpening iron and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that's mutually a, edifying. Yeah. And I think we're honing in a little bit better now towards the end now of like what those relationships look like and what they don't look like. And uh, that these influences aren't perfect people. That's not what we're challenging to look for. Right. Uh, essentially, I think at the bare bones level, what we're looking for are people wholly devoted to pursuing Christ. Mm -hmm. Those are the people in the inner circle. They will not be perfect because there is no one that is perfect. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to have to deal with the splashes of sin on us. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start seeing friendship is how they deal with those things. Yeah. And um, so I think step two, maybe this will be next season, would be like, how do we then interact? What is our godly responsibility to interact within those relationships? Um, when they get messy, because yeah. you're right. Culture says, cut them off, man. If they're, if they're not serving you, if they're not making your life better, get rid of them. If and it the, costs you your peace, it's too expensive. <laughs> I just want to gouge my eyes out when I read stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I see Christians post that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, like chapter and verse, please. Like yeah, exactly. where, where is that? It's, it, it's cultural. It's not, it's not Christian. Right. Right. It's not Christ. Uh, it's not Christ pursuing to yeah. do something like that. Um, I, I would like to see people take more care about their influences. If you're listening to podcasts, 
Make sure that they are people who are wholly devoted to following Jesus. Um, if there are people you're bringing around your family, uh, so you're spending hundreds of hours with these people, make sure they're wholly devoted to Jesus. Right. Uh, that's your inner circle of influences. Now, outside of influences, you're still going to have people you spend a lot of time with that you're discipling or that you're evangelizing. Right. Um, or that you just have to spend time around because of work and you should be taking advantage of those opportunities and things like that. Yeah, this is not the same um, as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm. Right. We're, we're not talking about not being neighborly to mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. We're talking about who is allowed to influence you. Yeah. Right. And, and who it, you and it, see as the influencers because you're they're going to have a you're going to allow a greater hold on you. Yeah. I do believe that in general, what's around you is going to influencing is going to influence you. But that influence of of the people closest to you that you intentionally bring close to you has to overpower anything uh, that can come from whatever you're not intending to influence you that you've either intentionally also put around you or because of circumstances are around you. Yeah. That was like the worst way to say that possible. No, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think we're probably winding down here, but yep. um, I think that our desire would be um, just that, that Christians would be discerning in the influences that they allow um, into their lives. They would be discerning in the kind of influences that they are consuming um, and that they would not be um, consuming passively, but that they would be thinking critically about everything that is coming into their minds, into their hearts, into their homes, into their families. That's good. I think that if we were to leave listeners with a challenge um, to uh, deliberately identify the people you consider influences in your life, and to the point where I'd say, I would challenge you, write those down. Yeah, like, I, I challenge you to write down and make a list of the people who you're like, these are the people I want influencing me or the people I've intentionally put around me to influence me. Yeah, I like it. You could include um, podcast people and and authors and things like that in that list also. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got. All right, right on. Well, hey, thanks for joining us and uh, have a good week.